Hello, my name is Ronnie Edwards and I'm the director of Pomozzi Creatives. Thank you for joining me on the Everyday Inspirational Women podcast. I'll be spending time with and learning from women and girls that I personally find inspiring. Each one of us carries this incredible energy that can encourage and inspire. I really hope that you find a few inspirational nuggets from some of these women. Enjoy. Sally Kello, hello. Lovely to see you. Um, thank you for hanging out with me with the Inspirational Women of Portsmouth project. Um, I came um, across this lovely lady a few weeks ago and thought, oh, she sounds like she's achieved a lot and has a lot to share with us. So you run something called Stripey Lightbulb. Yes. Um, which is a community interest company. And Foggy Dog. Yeah, Emmy Foggy Dog. Emmy They're both social enterprises. And which is which is the context that we we met in? Yes, um, because we were at um, a university project about um, social enterprises. So, Sally, would you mind? Because you've got you've got a really interesting backstory. Would you mind just telling us about your journey in terms of your career and how you ended up running these two organisations? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a pretty long story, so I'll try and be succinct. Um, so, I was living life. Uh, turned 30, was doing a postgraduate degree, came down with ME, and it was a life changer. My whole life ambition was just to get a full-time job, earn money, get a flat, like everybody else, 2.4 kids, etc., etc. Um, but getting ME kind of changed all that. Um, it took two and a bit years to get a diagnosis. I carried on working, though I've got no idea how I did that. I wasn't receiving adequate support in the workplace. Um, and then five years ago I set up Emmy Foggy Dog and it was purely as a fundraiser and to raise awareness of the condition worldwide in those five years I've had thousands of conversations with Emmy patients worldwide mm. and it helped me to identify the need for education and, and would you mind just, just uh, for, for those of us who aren't entirely sure what Emmy is would you mind just kind of unpacking what is Emmy exactly yeah so out in full it's myalgic encephalomyelitis a lot of people also know it as chronic fatigue syndrome and many people get a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome but actually meet the key indicators for ME so they identify as patients with ME despite their GP calling it chronic fatigue syndrome and it's a severely debilitating neurological condition um, but it's got a spectrum of severity so I'm lucky in that I've got mild ME even people with mild ME lose 50% of functionality um, so I can only manage 50% of what I could do the week before I got ME. Um, but people that have severe ME are often house or bed bound for decades. Oh, and they're literally missing from their society. Um, and it's those people that I try to raise awareness for. Um, because people are simply unaware that they're there. Uh, you know, they might have been missing from work for six months before somebody realises, hang on, I thought they were off sick, but what's wrong with them? Mm. They may not be coming back to work because they're simply unable to. So you were kind of on this postgraduate course. Yep. Um, what, what was the postgraduate course? Uh, well, it was social research methods, but I was specialising in Russian history. Oh, wow. <laughs> no idea what I was going to do with that, but anyway. <laughs> but the research methods has come in handy. But... And, then, and then you just came into a season of not 
feeling well? Yes, um, literally, I've got an ear infection. Labyrinthitis, like you could well get one day. Just, uh-huh. I was told you'll be unwell for six weeks, incredibly dizzy. Um, and I was ill for six weeks. I got better for a week and then I got hit. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme fatigue, dizziness, felt nauseous. Um, and when I say fatigue, it's not just feeling tired. It's like complete neuro exhaustion, just can't function, mm-hmm. um, can't string a sentence together, cognitive difficulties, mm-hmm. my sleep pattern went out the window. Because you would think if you're tired, you just want to sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. But actually, insomnia and sleep disturbances are common with ME. Um, and we have unrefreshing sleep. So it wouldn't matter if I slept for eight hours or eight minutes, I would still feel the same when I woke up. Um, and again, that's an ME symptom. So, but yeah, it took me two and a half years to get diagnosed. Um, and then I was, my condition was really downplayed by my GP as if it wasn't a big deal and you just have to get on with it. There is no treatment. Um, and it wasn't until I became an ME advocate that I realised actually I've only got the mild form and other, there's uh, between 17 and 30 million ME patients worldwide. 25% of those are bed bound. So when my GP plays it down and says it's no... I've now changed GP because of the way I was treated. Um, when uh, ME's downplayed by GPs, they're not recognising those 25%. They are bed-bound. And now actually, you, you, I, I'm guessing here, I don't know, that I, it, your um, ME could deteriorate yes. to that yeah. seriousness. Severe ME sometimes does get better to the point that they have mild ME, that only 5% of patients ever fully recover. Um, so if you ever encounter anyone that said, oh, I had ME, it went away, it wasn't a big deal, I would say they were misdiagnosed um, because only 5% of patients ever fully recover. Um, but it's very common for people with mild ME like me to deteriorate into moderate, so I can very rarely leave the house, um, or severe where I'm bedbound. So there's always that risk there. With everything that I do, I can't do too much because doing too much would impact my health negatively. So you were on this trajectory for the postgraduate course? Oh, I finished the postgraduate course. You actually course. managed to finish it? Yes. That's really but the plans that I had oh, for afterwards went out the window. And how did you reconcile that? Because that must have been quite painful. I kind of had to dumb myself down and like get rid of all my ambition because I thought, well... I can just about work full time and I ended up literally living to work. All of my energy was used up in the workplace. I stopped my social life. Um, obviously, if you've got limited energy, you can't do things like go to the gym and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just lived a very limited life. Um, fortunately, I went through a period of what we call remission for a couple of years. I was never better, um, but it kind of dumbed down to a level that I could cope with. Um, and I was able to go to the gym, I was able to have a social life, but it's steadily got worse again now. But I am still mild, so it's not as bad as it could be. And what was work then for you? I used to work for the university at the library. Okay. Um, and that was lifting and shifting books all day, every day, it's and it was exhausting, yes. I've got no idea, I wouldn't be able to do it now. Mm. No way. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I left, I worked there for about nine years, and then I set up. Sorry, it kind of overlaps. So I worked at the library for nine years, but five years ago, I set up ME Foggy Dog, just as a fundraiser, awareness raiser. And as I learned more and more about the condition, um, I started to realise that much more of my life was affected by my ME than I'd actually realised. 
Um, you know, I had all sorts of skin rashes and tingly spine sensations and I didn't know that my sleep issues were part of ME, etc., etc. All this kind of stuff. Um, and then ME Foggy Dog, where I literally send a teddy called Foggy around the world um, to raise awareness of the condition and to fundraise. Oh. Um, so, so where is Foggy now? Foggy's just got back from Poland, oh. and before that he was in Jamaica. Oh. So, and he's off to New York next week. So. And, and who is it you were sent? Is it like ME organisations or individuals? No, people literally say, I'm going on holiday, or I live overseas, oh. you want to post them to me, yeah. and they take him away, take him to identifiable landmarks, yeah. Yeah. And um, show him a good time, and then, yeah, and then send him back. But it's all social media driven, so if anybody wants yeah. to check that out, it's ME Foggy Dog on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Look at that. <laughs> um, but through that advocacy, through ME Foggy Dog, I've now gotten over 9,000 followers. Okay. Not all of them have got ME. There are quite a few people that haven't got ME that just want to learn about the condition. Because I don't hit people around the head with the hard-hitting facts. I just kind of do it in a light-hearted way with blogs and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And then I recognise the need for education. Right. Um, and I know that ME patients are being let down by professionals that work in the education, business and healthcare sectors because of the anecdotal evidence that I've heard mm. from patients. Mm. Um, so that's what led to Stripey Light Bulb. That sounds quite ambitious in a fantastic way. Mm. So Stripey Light Bulb is how old now? It was launched last September. Last, oh my goodness me, congratulations. <laughs> and your, what, your mission statement is to educate. Yeah, to educate the professionals that have a duty of care over ME CFS patients. Because ME is also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Okay, and how has that been at work so far? It's received fantastic feedback, but we're still trying to spread the word and get people to recognise the need for trainings. And through this, throughout this whole journey, is there anyone that you found really inspirational as like a reference point? Okay, now this is going to be a bit random, but Lady Gaga is Lady my Gaga. inspiration. Lady Gaga, <laughs> So fibromyalgia is what she's got. Um, right, is she? That's why she cancelled her world tour. So tell me what fibromyalgia is. Right. It's a chronic illness, and a lot of people confuse ME with fibro. Mm. Fibro, the main symptom is pain. With ME, the main symptom is this post-exertion malaise, where when you do activity, your body just shuts down after. But both conditions have fatigue and pain, but um, like I say, one is more weighted than the other. Um, but she's got fibromyalgia, and she's in extreme pain. That's why she had to cancel her world tour last year. Is it um, constant, the pain? Um, yes, but it does, it kind of fluctuates, so it can go from severe to moderate. Um, but she's my inspiration because we know for a fact that celebrities worldwide, obviously not all of them, some of them have ME because ME is so common, but the stigma is so big, people are not coming forward to say they've got ME, but we need that, yeah, that spotlight. Would, yeah, I was going to say, that would kind of, it's amazing how... Um, popular culture is so influential isn't it yeah. and if you did have those key figures and celebrities kind of owning it yeah that would really help your cause we've got um the lead singer from bell and sebastian's got emmy he's come forward but yeah exactly so i wouldn't say Sorry, that. I mean, no I'm, no i mean i'm an ignoramus so when i say a-list i mean someone like lady gaga apparently Cher used to have 
um, ME in the 70s and she's now leveled off to a, a like a mild level that she can manage and she has said publicly that she's had it but she isn't an ME advocate whereas Lady Gaga included it in her Netflix documentary Five Foot One I think it was okay, called um, so I like the fact that she's like yes I've got it yes it means I've got to overcome it or cancel my world tour but I'm putting my health first which is what I always tell patients to do um, and I know I'm running two businesses but the second it starts affecting my health I'm going to have to take my foot off the pedal which is why Stripe Light Bulb's online yeah. everything's set up it's there people can, it's automated people can buy it whether I'm stuck in my bed or not because yeah. you say you're limited to how many hours you can do in a day yeah I can, I've worked out because you have every patient's individual yeah. um, because of the spectrum uh, I mean there's a spectrum within each category so there's a spectrum within mild what I can do another mild patient might not be able to do mm. then you've got moderate in the middle and then you've got severe mm. um, and I've worked out I can manage 20 hours a week and that breaks down to four hours a day. Yeah. Um, and if I can only manage two hours one day, then it ekes into like the sixth or the seventh day. But I only do a maximum of 20 hours because my body simply doesn't have the energy to do any more. Sure. Oh, my goodness. And I suppose um, I'm, I'm hoping that they've got lots of family around you to kind of help you manage yeah, I mean, I live with my mum and dad um, because I am single. I don't have a husband or anything. Most patients rely on their partners or their parents. Um, but yeah, I do have a support network, but a lot of my friends have gone by the wayside because they don't understand the condition. There's only so many times you can say, I just I haven't got the energy. Yeah, I mean, when it goes on for years, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to bother asking anymore. But you know, the, I must have found that really hard. Yes, it is, but it's not. It is a common story. So many ME patients have lost lots of friends and husbands and partners, um, just because it's not something that people can understand. And when the doctors are saying it's psychosomatic, and the partner doesn't fully understand, yeah, potential frustration of people. It's like, well, why can't you just think yourself better? Uh, <laughs> really, it's not possible really not possible in fact there's a young girl at the moment called Gigi she's got severe ME bed bound constant pain mm. and she's gone to um, a hospital I won't name it because that's not fair there's a hospital that has said it's psychosomatic they're going to section her and they've taken away all of her pain medication oh my despite the intervention from ME charities worldwide and scientists contacting this hospital this in this country yes and I do know the hospital, and I've contacted the hospital myself as an ME advocate. In a nice way, I'm polite. Um, but they obviously, I've got to say this, only 5% of medical professionals worldwide have training on ME. Everything they learn is... Not a lot. Not a lot. And it's a common condition, 17 to 30 million. They don't even have a fixed statistic because the research simply isn't there. In fact, one charity's now started saying 2% of the global population has ME. And uh, you and I were um, observing how ironic it is that sometimes funding into research gets channelled into the most curious things. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure all listeners would love to know that male boldness gets more funding than ME, but ME kills. That's quite something, isn't it? Mm. Would you mind saying it one more time? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, male boldness, yeah. which is purely an aesthetic thing, not a health like health condition, gets more funding than myalgic encephalomyelitis that affects 30 million people worldwide, destroys lives, and can kill. Let's have a moment of silence to reflect on that. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yeah, it's quite ironic, isn't it? And uh, must be exhausting to have that fight, constant fight. It is a constant fight. So few people outside of the ME bubble understand the condition. We need people like you to say, actually, haven't got ME, but I want to... I'll tell you what I'd love. I would absolutely love to do some kind of march in London. Mm. The only reason we haven't done it is we haven't got the blooming energy to do it. Oh, bless you. Yeah. It's the only reason. And the, well, you, you, you have people who don't necessarily have ME who could get behind But more often than not, they're the parents that are looking after the patients. So, um, and if, like, so with me... I am financially supported by my parents as well because I can only work 20 hours a week until striper light bulb becomes huge. Um, so, which it will. Which it will, and it will, because um, there is no equivalent worldwide. Um, yeah, and that's why they can't go up to London on marches because that costs money. That money needs to be put towards their child or their other half's care. So just coming back, coming back to Portsmouth, circling to, back to Portsmouth, what would you say is, is a major challenge as a woman in business in Portsmouth or is there are there any challenges um well I mean we were talking before about the female entrepreneur network mm. thing and I go to that and I meet lots of women and they are all inspirational but I don't um when it comes to like mixed networking yeah. I don't think the support's there yeah it's a hell of a lot more men than women there and I don't know um, and I'm not going to name names now, but I've had a very bad experience in a networking thing where this man deliberately put me down in front of people. Um, and other people said... To make, to, to make a point. To make him look better. Um, completely derogatory remark. Um, and I've not gone to a mixed networking thing since. I'm much more comfortable within women. And I don't know why that person did that, but it made him feel good at the time. Um, did, well, not, just, did other people not... Pick up on that and just... No, they just go... They were other women. They went, I can't believe he's just said that to you. And we just kind of talked about it amongst themselves, but we didn't say anything mm. to other people. Um, I'd say the women support them, each other, which is absolutely fantastic. But when it comes to the wider business community, I'm not so sure it's there yet. Mm. Um, everyone seems to have their own thing that they're passionate about, whether that's football, university, their own business, their kids, their family... But when it comes to actually engaging with a topic that's new, I found very little engagement with ME, despite the fact that everybody, I, hand on heart, I believe that everybody knows somebody with ME, whether they call it ME or chronic fatigue syndrome, it's the same condition. Um, and trying to get people to engage with it in Portsmouth is incredibly difficult. When I have awareness events, it's only patients that turn up despite the fact I've been advertising on Facebook and God knows where, um, it's really difficult to get um, people engaged. That's a shame. Um, and where would you like to see things happening? What, 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 what do you see things looking like in five years? In five in years, in an ideal world, I want ME to become mainstream. I don't want it to be the odd newspaper article where they concentrate on people with severe ME and, oh, yeah, it's really bad and she's been bedbound for three years. I want people to recognise that you see people every day with mild ME in your everyday life, but you wouldn't know. It's an invisible disability, but you need to understand that you ain't... I've got a slogan. You only see us when we're well enough to be seen. You might meet me for coffee. I noticed that on your... Yeah. You might meet me for coffee today, 
and want to see me in two days' time, but the effort for meeting you for coffee today will mean I'm unwell in two days' time. You don't see me when I'm unwell. You see me when I've rested to make sure I'm well enough to come and talk to you. Because just talking takes energy. Um, people don't realise every single thing that a human body does requires energy. Blinking, talking, breathing, moving, it all requires energy. And that's what I don't have much of. Um, and a lot of people say, you haven't got any. I saw you at a business event like a month ago. So like, yeah. And then I was in bed for two days after. But I have to prioritise what is worth me. Like this, doing this podcast with you today is worth, is worth my energy. I'm really grateful for your time. Yeah, no, and I'm happy to do it. But if you asked me in two days' time to do it, I'd be, oh, I'm slow in my words today, I can't. Yeah. Um, so people need to understand that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And I need Amy to become mainstream because at the moment we're kind of hidden in corners yeah. and it is twice as... Fighting flawed research. Mm-hmm. Yes, fighting for research, mm-hmm. fighting for every single penny. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they spent £5 million on the PACE trial. Um, we, what we could do with £5 million that's actually for the benefit of the ME patient community would be huge. Um, Sorry, £5 million on what trial? The PACE trial, the Grey Dexose Therapy DWP research trial. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's either 5 or £10 million, but I know it was millions, um, for something that's actually harmed patients, which is just crackers. But yeah, I just want your listeners to get engaged with the whole ME thing. In the same way... No one knew what HIV AIDS was. Severe ME has been, by scientists and researchers who also work in the HIV AIDS field, have said that severe ME is just as bad as late stage HIV AIDS. But with HIV AIDS you die, with severe ME it's very rare that you die, you can die, but people are left with that for decades. Mm. Without recovery. Yeah, and no treatment. Whereas with late stage HIV AIDS, you're having treatment for that. There's no treatment for severe ME. So we need people to get engaged with... um, But it's an ongoing fight. I mean, at least in the UK, it is becoming recognised, but it's a global condition. In places like China, they don't deal with it. Um, Africa, doctors don't even know what an ME patient would be suffering from. Um, so I'm building links with African charities trying to address that. I can imagine, actually, there's probably lots of cultural challenges within that. And it doesn't discriminate in terms of age, discriminate in terms of age, race or gender. Sure. Um, so it, it drives me potty because it's known as a white woman's illness. It's really? Not, it's not I'm a white woman's illness. But like I said to you before the podcast, um, anyone that's interested should watch Unrest. It's available on Netflix and on Vimeo, if you haven't got Netflix, um, and it's also on DVD. But it was put up, yeah, it was put up for an Oscar, and it was directed by someone with severe ME. And it literally, it talks about sexism in medicine, how research is failing us at the moment, what it's like to live with ME. We've got a very high suicide rate. All of that is talked about in that documentary thank you um, and also if somebody wanted to find out more about you and your organisations where would they yeah so I've got two websites one's emmyfoggydog.org um, there's a little bit of information about ME on there and there's loads of blogs if you want to read more about ME and obviously you can follow Foggy through that um, but also stripylightbulb.com is my online training platform 
brilliant. That's really good to know. Thank you so much for your time, especially in the context um, of how physically this could be quite draining for you. That's so fine. I'm really grateful for that. My pleasure. Cheers. That was.